Welcome to season two of the Edgy Entrepreneur Podcast. In this season, we'll be talking to you about how to master your relationships. Join us for episode one, where we're talking about synergy versus compromise in relationships and why compromise doesn't work. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Edgy Entrepreneur Podcast. We completed our season one and we're here for season two. I'm so excited to be here and share uh, this new season with you and this new direction that we have. My name is Daniel Tribby. I am a healthcare provider and a coach for those of you in the healthcare entrepreneurial space. And as always, I'm with my illustrious co-host. I am Coach Oriana Guevara. I'm a personal performance and executive coach and relationship expert. Thanks for being here. We're excited about season two. Hey, Coach, how we doing? Doing great. Good. Let's talk about how this second season is going to go. We want to give you guys a little brief kind of overlay of what we did in season one and then how we're transitioning that to a little bit of a different topic or a different theme for season two. So take us there. What are we doing? Season one, we talked a lot about mindset and how mindset is 80% of business success. If you're not focusing on your mindset, you are leaving a very large portion of your business success potential on the table. This time around, mm -hmm. this season, we're going to be talking about um, relationships and how relationships are a key factor, not only in your personal self-mastery, but also in your ability to show up in the world as an influential leader. I love it, I love it. So the new beginning statement that you guys are gonna hear us uh, say for this episode, for this, excuse me, for this season, is going to be that we believe in order to become an influential leader in your work, community, or family, you need to be working on your relationships and understanding what it means to grow your relationships relationships. So in our first episode, we're going to jump into this right off the bat. And we're going to talk about this idea of synergy versus compromise, mm. right? A lot of us, I think, have, have been told growing up that we need to compromise in our relationships, you know, right? need to compromise. We had to compromise with our siblings. Right. And we got to <laughs> meet in the middle, right? If you're from the South like I am, there's an old song. I think it's by um, Old Dominion. It's like, you start walking your way, I start walking mine, right? We meet in the middle, <laughs> right? And this is like this the, the, the craziest thing to me that we're taught to do, right? Yeah. Which actually is, is uh, I think compromise is such a common thing that's taught in families, in school, and in so many different social settings that people are probably thinking like, what the heck is wrong with compromise? Well, we will tell you now. <laughs> right. And I think there's two major issues here, right? So what we are always seeking for in our relationships is a win-win, mm -hmm. right? So I want you to have what it is that you want, and I want to have what it is that I want, right. and how do we make that happen for each other? And I think the biggest point is to recognize that if your focus is on creating compromise, you're actually not seeking creating a win-win. Girl, stop. You really aren't, right? It's because true. the intention isn't there. So I'll tell you what the intention is if your goal is compromise. This is gonna, this is gonna shake you up, okay? Mm -hmm. If you're seeking compromise and that's your intention and you're actually coming into a relationship uh, situation, what you're doing is negotiating suffering. Mm -hmm. That is what compromise is, right? It's like, how do we make this fair so that you get, you end up with less, I end up with less, and it actually ends up being a lose lose 
situation, not a win-win. That is what you're doing when you're creating compromise in your business relationships, in your romantic relationships, right? Neither party is gonna end up getting what they want. That's the point. And that's why this is referred to as negotiating suffering. Definitely setting up a lose-lose or a lose-win, right? I give up something so you can have everything that you want. Right. Right. Or you give up something so I can have everything that I want. Right. Which means you lose and I win. And then we'll take turns doing that. We'll go back and forth, (laughs) right? And you're negotiating suffering. We're negotiating who's going to give up the most so that we can have something for the proposed greater good, which I think is a crock of shit. Um, And if my language offends you, then go back to listen to the first season because there's plenty more of it there. But the the idea behind this is that I want to go fishing this weekend, all right? And you feel like we need to go see your uh, your parents because your mom's been sick. But we've been there the last three weekends in a row, which means I haven't gone fishing, right? But I want to go fishing. And so you think that your mom being sick warrants more attention and more need in your world, so I should give up my fishing to go be with your your sick mom, mm. right? right? Okay. Which sounds reasonable, right? Like, hey, my mom's sick, like you can give up fishing for one damn weekend, right? Sure, on the right? face of it, yeah. Right, sounds reasonable. But I give that up, how do I feel inside? Yeah. Am I resentful about having to go see your mom for the fourth effing weekend in a row? Probably, right? And then if I tell you, nope, you go, I'm going fishing, because I'm gonna get what I want. Now you're mad at me because I didn't compromise, right? So this is what happens and people feel like, well, he should give up this for the greater good because your mom is sick, okay? Well, what if we approach that from a win-win? How could we change that? How could we move from this idea of compromise? I have to lose something and you have to lose something or I have to lose a lot for you to get what you want. How do we move from that situation? Let's just use my simple analogy of fishing versus going to see your sick mom. How we move into more of what we call synergy. Synergy is what we're proposing here as opposed to making a compromise. You know, the first thing that I noticed about the scenario that you laid out is that there is there was no negotiation there. You know, there was no negotiation, no conversation besides this is the greater good and therefore this is what should be done, right? So I would say the first thing to do is move away from the mindset that everything that happens in the relationship needs to be done for the greater good at all times, right? Mm and stop dictating what the greater good is. When you're in a relationship, it's very easy to build up resentments when you feel like your partner is actually precluding you or in some way stifling your ability to do what's in the best interest of your own personal care and mental health. If you're expected to give up your self-care, your mental health, your emotional well-being, and doing things that would support that so that I can show up as a better partner for you, when that expectation exists in a relationship, it can really become very very destructive, mm-hmm. you know? Try redefining what is the greater good because it's not in the interest of the greater good at all if one partner is being put in a position to compromise their mental, emotional well-being and self-care. So in the world of synergy, synergy is now a win-win. Yeah, okay? and you have to negotiate for that. So why don't, hey, I know your mom's been ill, we need to go spend time with her. How about I throw the fishing rods in the car and we do some research and see if there's a place close by to your mom's, you go do your thing with her, I'm gonna go fishing close by and then I'll join you guys afterwards, Mm -hmm. right? We get to go see your mom, 
I get to be there to support you, but I also get things that I need and want. That's not a compromise at that point. This is synergy. This is you getting the things that you need to do to feel fulfilled, and I'm going to support you. And I'm getting the things that I need to feel fulfilled, and you're going to support me. Mm -hmm. This is synergy. It's not compromise. I hope everybody understands the difference between those two. The thing about this is that in, in relationships, you know, negotiation in and of itself is a very specific communication skill. Very much so. And people utilize, uh, people see the value in learning how to negotiate mm -hmm. when they work in sales, negotiating for us for their salary, right? Looking for employment or getting hired onto a, a new role with a new company or something like mm -hmm. that, right? Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have to learn how to negotiate, meaning I have to learn this new communication skill. Right. But this is a critical life skill. This is not just a, a communication skill that you would learn only under certain circumstances or only use in certain circumstances, right? You know, you're gonna go shop for a car all of a sudden, let me let me learn how to negotiate. No, mm -hmm. like negotiation is a, is a communication skill that you should learn because it's something that's going to benefit you in all of your relationships in every single way, right? You think about it, it even with your children, right? Everything is a negotiation. <laughs> you're, you're constantly trying to put yourself in a position either as a parent, as a partner, as a colleague, as a spouse, as a, you know, you name it. You're constantly in finding yourself in a position where you are trying to negotiate terms mm -hmm. either for business transactions, for behavior, desired behavior, for desired outcomes, right? For what path to take to in order to reach a goal or a destination. Sure. So if you are feeling like, I don't know how to have these types of conversations where I would just lay it all out on the table, it's worth taking the time to learn the psychology behind it, right? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, this is the problem. You get into relationships to give, not to get. Mm -hmm. So if you're approaching your relationships as a, what am I getting from this? You're in the wrong spot. You need to be approaching your relationships as what am I going to give to this, right? right? And so what happens is, is people want to no negotiate what they're getting rather than negotiate what they can give. Oh, that's such a great point. So I think you need the, to say that again. <laughs> so here's, yeah, I will. Okay. So get into a relationship to negotiate how you're going to give, not negotiate what the hell you're going to get. Yes, because then you show up very entitled when you do that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So a lot of people say, you know, and I hear this all the time, you know, why can't I just find so-and-so type of person? Or I keep dating these crappy people, or I keep ending up in these bad work positions. I'm like, hey, fucker, it's because that's what's inside of you. You're attracting more of who you are, right? People mm -hmm. don't, don't attract what they want. They attract who they are to their circle. So if you want something different for your circle or for your relationships, then you need to figure out where the who is causing you to, to have the mishaps. Okay, start working on who you are and who you desire to be, and you'll get more of the what it is that you want. Yeah. All right. So stop negotiating your getting and start negotiating your giving. Yeah. How do I fill your cup every day in a relationship versus how are you going to fill mine so I can drink it down? Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about synergy, right? Is that it's it's each party getting what they want and mm. and like working together, right? Collaborating in this really, you know, beautiful dance with one another to figure out, you know, if this is the desired outcome, right? You're each basically just saying, we both want that outcome, but we each want to take a different path to get there, mm -hmm. right? Like how do we merge the path that we take? 
right? At what point in time does the path merge? Is it at the beginning? Is it halfway there? Is it at the end, right? That's all that is, is figuring out at what point in time, right, your paths are gonna merge together to get the same desired outcome. And a lot of times what I find is when I work particularly with couples who are in this conflicted place, or even just in my own life experience, right, I, I actually find myself taking a pause and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, like before this continues to escalate, Let's just get something clear. Number one, we're on the same team. Right. <laughs> right? We're on the same team. And number two, we both want the same thing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right? And so a lot of times what you'll notice is that you're both actually saying the same thing. You're just saying it in a very different way. Right. Right? So you want to get to the same outcome. You just are both conflicted on the best route to get there. Right. You know, because again, each person is trying to get their needs met. Everyone is in in some way self-centric. Yes, that is absolutely true. And the sooner that you understand that about human nature, the sooner you'll start having better outcomes in your relationships and start stop taking things so personally unnecessarily. Right. right, but you can start assuming good intent and knowing, okay, this my partner is just trying to get their needs met. Mm-hmm. So am I. Right, there's no harm, no foul in that. Right, right. It's just a matter of having a communication with one another clearly, right? Laying it out on the table and going, let's just figure out, you know, what's the best way to get to the desired outcome. I actually tell a lot of people that I work with, I tell them that when they're in a conflict with their partner, just pause, right? So that especially when you realize that you're getting reactive. Just take a take a moment, right? And like actually create this as an agreement in your relationship when you are in conflict and particularly when the conflict is escalating, one or both people are getting reactive. Mm-hmm. Just pause and look at each other and say same team. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too about the team thing because I hate it when people say, and this is, we've talked a lot about personal relationships. I want to extend this portion into the business side as well because this is important because you hear this phrase a lot, right? The ball's in your court now. Bitch, there's no ball and there's no court mm. and there's no competition. It's not balls in my court. Let's see if I can score on you. That's, that's not the case. It's hold my hand and let's go do this together. You institute this idea that there's a competition or a contradiction or a conflict that we're facing each other and, oh, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. We go back and forth. That's not what synergy is. That is exactly what compromise is. Well, and you're going to build up so much resentment um, right. with one toward one another in what no matter the type of relationship could be a platonic friendship business partnership mm-hmm. yeah. yeah a romantic relationship whatever it is the moment that you start moving into the place in any relationship even toward your child right mm-hmm. the moment that you have to be right and they have to be wrong right especially in your romantic relationships you're going to kill any chance of intimacy there of emotional closeness yep of an and desire and attraction if you are in a romantic relationship, right? Those things are just gonna get killed. Yeah. The moment that you are in a place where you you have decided that being right is more important than coming to an agreement with one another that works to meet both parties' needs, yeah. which is synergy. You know, you look at from a work standpoint, right? People are like, oh well I can't do my part till you finish yours. Why not come to me and say, hey, uh, in order for me to do the best that I can do in my part, 
right? Your part is essential to that. How can I help you with your part, mm -hmm. right? This is synergistic. This is me helping you so that you can help me so that we can go someplace together. Not, hey, can you hurry the fuck up and get your shit done so I can do my part, right? This is horrible leadership. It's a horrible way to speak to coworkers or people that you desire to build really cool stuff with, right? Like we have the opportunity to do this podcast here in its second year. I would never come to you and be like, yo, I need you to finish up some shit so that I can get my shit done. Yeah. I'm gonna come to you and just like you've come to me and back and forth and just said, hey, what do you need? How can I support you so that we can get to this point and then I can take this point and then I'll get you to support me doing that right. thing, right? So this is something that everybody has to take into account. It does not matter if it's personal friendship, loving romantic relationship or work-related relationship. If you're approaching this in, in a way that I call, I call it whoring, because it's essentially what it is, you give me and then you will get. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's awful when people do this. So what you're telling me is like, I'm only worthy of your hard work, your admiration, your love, your caring, your support. If I give you something first? Yeah, those performance-based relationships are very unhappy and the chances and the likelihood that they will end early is very, very high. It's no different than, than what you pay for on the street. I'm gonna give you 50 bucks, you're gonna give me? A performance. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sad because many people do grow up that way actually in their family unit, in their structure with their parents or caregivers, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you're only, as a child, you only get love, affection, support, um, affirmation when you get that A. So that type of performance-based action in order to get um, in exchange for validation, affirmation, mm -hmm. love, affection, attention, people carry that on into their adult relationships. And it's very destructive. Um, if you find yourself engaging in something like that, that is going to lead to a, a relationship breakdown over time mm -hmm. um, and a lot of resentment and hurt um, and heartache. So uh, that is something to address if you find yourself in that situation. And I think another, uh, another point to be made, another, um, I guess we call these limiting beliefs, right? The first one we just talked about was whoring. And the second one is the idea that if, if I give up something or if I am giving before I'm getting, then I'm weak. Right. Mm. If I let you into my space or if I feel like I, I don't, find synergy with you and you don't compromise for me, then I'm weak. It's a fear of vulnerability, you know, and a lack of a willingness to open one's heart. You know, these are things that in relationships, you know, there's there are very clear factors about a person as an individual that determine their potentiality for success in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And if if your mindset is still in a place where, you know, someone needs to perform for me in order to get my affection or love, if that is where you are at, um, God bless you. But there's some healing that needs to be done. You know, you're not ready to engage in a relationship. Now, uh, if you do, <laughs> you're going to learn. Right. And that's one of the greatest things. And honestly, one of the most beautiful things about relationships is one, we were meant to live in relationship and community. I truly believe that we were never meant to operate or live uh, or be alone as as humans. But also our relationships are really learning and healing laboratories, mm -hmm. you know, where if you have whatever it is that you have not addressed within yourself before you get into a relationship, it is going to show up once you're in it. You know, and once, you know, hopefully you're with a partner 
who is um, willing and able and has their heart open to the possibility of engaging in healing work together Mm -hmm. to whatever extent that can happen. Um, But if not, right, just know that the breakdown, the subsequent breakdown and maybe break up of that relationship is going to be something that hopefully will inspire the healing inside of you or the seeking of help to heal in, uh, that needs to happen for you. And I think your, uh, your lack of desire to do so whether it's continuing to present yourself in that, that whoring nature inside of relationship or your your resistance against changing and healing, right? To me, that limiting belief is based upon the idea that you, there's a lack of creativity, mm. right? Compromise to me means there's a lack of creativity, right? Synergy is, okay, how do we make this work? Let's get creative, Yeah. right? How do we, prov- how do we give each other a win-win? Mm-hmm. Right, so if you're staring at your compromises and uh, this is my stance, this is his stance, well, what are we gonna give up? There's a lack of creativity there. It's so true. And this is such a limiting belief for you and it doesn't matter if it's work-related. Think about it from a work standpoint, right? Well, this is the way we've always done it. Well, this is the way I've always done it. Okay, well, so you're saying I should compromise on the way that I've always done it and you should compromise on the way that you've always done it? No, why don't we synergistically come up with a new plan and get really creative as to how we make this work together. This opens you up to so much more, right? Everybody's like, well, I need to think outside the box. There's no fucking box. The only box that exists is the one you put yourself into. Yeah. So when you put yourself in that box, there is such a lack of creativity that's going on that you only see the own the limitations that you've placed on yourself. Mm. You yeah. gotta stop. You well, gotta stop. You're seeking to place those same limitations on other people, right? Exactly. Because then it becomes us or me versus them, right? And it, you've seen that in corporate America a lot, right? If you've ever worked in corporate and you've seen these like siloed systems that show up on different teams and within different departments, and it's like, well, if they would, if that department would have done their job correctly, we wouldn't even have to be doing this, correcting this issue or having this problem with this customer, you know? And it's always us versus them and these really siloed corporate structures, right. you know? And again, it goes back to all parties are attempting to get their needs met but they're doing it in a way that's, again, negotiating suffering, right? Like, how do I influence, persuade, convince you that this is my turn to get my needs met and that you need to give up on something that you want, right? Exactly. Or that you you should, for the greater good or for any other justification that I can, you know, that I'm, that I'm able to convince you of, Maybe because you deserve less because of that thing you did a month ago, right? Like for whatever reason, whatever way I can convince you that this is not the time for you to get your needs met, mm-hmm. right? That is, there's no, uh, there's no love in that. There's just no love. Zero, zero. And I think people are seeking significance and certainty in their lives at that point, rather than seeking for love, connection, or contribution and growth. Mm-hmm. Right. So give us some, what are some easy little tips we can do as we round this first episode out? What are some easy tips that people can do to start moving away from compromise and start thinking about synergy? Start listening much more closely and start really sitting in much more empathy and compassion with what it is that you're hearing that the person is telling you that they need or want, that they're trying to get at, right? Like if you could look at that, um, at that communication about what they're expressing of what they need or want here and now with more empathy and compassion, you could 
potentially come to a more synergistic solution, right? In the very least, if you can't move yourself to the place of empathy and compassion, in the very least, get to the place where you're implying good intent, Mm -hmm. right? Like, don't just sit there and imply, like, this person's trying to screw me over, right? The, The moment that your mind goes there, then you're no longer in a place where you can actually stay synergistic or be synergistic, right? Because now I really am competing. It really is me against you, foe, you know, you're my foe, you're my enemy, right? Like that kind of thing. And again, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to get to a desired outcome, you're not gonna get there. This is one of the most critical things that I find when I work with couples, especially who are in conflict, is that people tend to have this idea that like if I step in, that means that I agree with what they're doing or saying, right? Like if I lean in, they're gonna think I agree, right? And so I have to stay out almost like to show them I'm not okay with this, right? Mm -hmm. And so here's what I want you to see, that when you do that, yes, you're, you're, keeping them from getting what they want. And that might make you feel good for a few moments, right? But I want you to also wake up to the idea that you're also not getting what you want, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the part that is in most people's blind spot, right? Well, why should I step in? They haven't stepped in. You should step in to the circle in order to get closer to the possibility of you getting what you want. That's another example of whoring, right? I'm waiting for you to give me so that I can then give you, yeah, right? Right. So, and my, my tidbit for you guys is, is the way you view problems, okay? People view problems as obstacles, mm-hmm. challenges, right? And what you focus on and the language you use to focus on it greatly determines the outcome, right? So if I focus um, on what's missing, if I have a problem, I focus on what's missing and I use language like, well, I guess it's just not meant to be or these other self-limiting or self-depreciating types of language and focus, I'm only going to invite more of that shit into my life. If you start viewing your problems, again, whether they're romantic, personal, or work-related relationships, if if you view your problems as opportunities, it allows you to step into the creative space and look at somebody in the face and say, okay, we want what? What's, what do we want to achieve? What do we want to get out of this conversation? Okay, okay, you want this. Well, this is what I want. Let's start having a creative conversation about how we both get what we want. And watch how it opens up your brain to problem solving. Watch how it changes your focus to one of positivity. Not what's missing, but what can be gained. Mm-hmm. And look at the language that you use. Look at your own physiology. Look at your own body and how you hold yourself when you're in a creative state versus one of like, well, fuck, here we go again and have this conversation. Nobody's going to win. We're all going to go home angry. And then tomorrow we'll get up and I'll pay for it for a day. Like if you use that type of physiology and focus and language in relationship to your compromise or your synergy, you're never going to get anywhere. Start viewing your problems as opportunities for growth and it will greatly change your approach. Stop calling them problems. Right. <laughs> right. Just call them opportunities. What's the opportunity here? Yeah, yeah, there's a learning opportunity here. You know, it's like anytime that you have an opportunity to potentially experience synergy, especially with somebody that you care about or that you're trying to build an outcome with that you care about, mm-hmm. right? You could not care about them, but you care about the outcome. Right. Right. 
that is such a fun opportunity. Well, I hope you all have enjoyed our first episode in season two about compromise versus synergy. Um, we're going to invite you guys to um, check out edgy entrepreneurs with an S on the end.com. You can get more information about this podcast, more information about coaching services that we offer. Um, and we also do live events every month if you're in the central Florida, Orlando area. So you can find information about those all on our website. Um, please subscribe, leave us a comment, shoot us an email. You can contact us from the website. Let us know what you think about this topic. If you have other topics you want us to discuss, we would love to hear those from you. And make sure that you subscribe to this because next episode is all about boundaries. And I know a lot of you probably have issues with boundaries or you think you have healthy boundaries, but guess what? Some of your boundaries are barriers. Mm. So we're going to talk about the difference between boundaries and barriers in the next episode. Yeah. And I want to mention that we are building a curated community of growth-minded executives and entrepreneurs on Facebook. If you would like to get the link directly to join the community, you can text the word edgy, E-D-G-Y, edgy, to 33777. Okay, so text edgy to 33777. You will get a link directly into your text messages so that you can join this Facebook group where um, we're not only talking about these topics, but we also go live on a regular basis. You can interact with us. You can interact with other members of the community. You can post questions, um, and you can be the first to access um, special events and special offers and promotions from us. So be sure to join. If you're looking for community, this is a great one for you. Awesome. Looking forward to connecting with all of you soon. See you on the next episode.